0: And welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. We're going on a journey through the symbolic imagery of each of the 78 tarot cards. If you use a Rider-Waite-Smith deck, or a Thoth deck, or Mel's own Tabula Mundi deck, you've come to the right place. We love making this podcast, and we hope you love listening to it. But you should also know that Fortune's Wheelhouse is more than the sound of our voices. We have a home on the web at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. Come and visit us there so you can experience the other part of this conversation, where we provide hundreds of written articles and explanations for even the most obscure concepts you'll hear on the show. If you sign up to be our patron at even the $1 level, you'll instantly gain access to all that information. And if you become a patron at the $3 level or higher, you'll get a chance to win our giveaways. Like Belinda in Australia, who won last week's drawing. Congratulations, Belinda! Interest in last week's prize, the Solomon's Black Arcana case, was so high I'm actually having to order new fabric. So I should be fully stocked this week for anyone else who wants their own spooky, wizardy-looking case. It's available at my website and also at my Etsy shop, Tarotista. This week, we're talking about the fearsome Nine of Swords, ruled by Cruel Mars, which is associated with the Tower card. So for our giveaway, we're bringing back the infamous Tower Jigsaw puzzle, which features the Tower card from Mel's Tabula Mundi deck. When the Lord of Cruelty strikes, you can use this puzzle for an act of sympathetic magic. Break it down, build it back up, clear your mind, hear no fear. The other super exciting news this week is that Mel and I will be joining fans of Fortune's Wheelhouse in person at our meetup right here in Massachusetts. So excited. If you weren't able to come, we'll miss you. But who knows, maybe next year. In the meantime, there are other ways you can be part of the community. If you're on Facebook, you can also connect with other listeners at Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy. That's the officially unofficial Fortune's Wheelhouse group, where even now some 275 listeners are sharing their love of esoteric tarot. You too could be one of them. Remember, you can always check in with me and Mel at our individual websites. I'm at www.tsusanchang.com. That's T as in tarot, susanchang.com. And my Etsy shop is at www.etsy.com shop tarotista. Mel's blog is at www.tabulamundi.com and you can order her products at tarotcart.com. And we each have newsletters where you can sign up to hear about anything new that's happening in our worlds. Finally, if you have a moment and you haven't done it yet, would you please leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, can do it that way too. It's free, it's easy to do, and it really does help spread the word. Thanks for doing that and helping us out. And now, here's this week's episode. I knew
1: this wasn't just another day The signs were
0: pulling me away And everything might not be what it seems Cause the nightmares keep calling me Knew this wasn't the right way to go. I care
1: less what to learn than what I know. And I can only see
0: this in my dream. Cause the nightmares keep calling me. I think I lost my way. All right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Welcome to the Nine of Swords, the cruel heart of Gemini. <laughs> middle deccan of a mutable sign and this is one that people are so frightened of inevitably you know the, the phrase you have nothing to fear but fear itself well fear is friggin scary right, <laughs> <laughs> right. right? Uh, It's known as the Lord of Cruelty or despair and cruelty and I think despair is like cruelty towards yourself in a way, right? It's the mind, the swords hanging like the sword of Damocles over your head, that feeling of impenetrable dread. Cruelty is people turning their swords against you. Despair is like turning your swords against yourself. Yeah, cruelty can be turned against yourself true. too.
1: Self-inflicted true. pain.
0: Absolutely. Also
1: and- rage, malice, pitilessness, uh revenge, suffering, misery, <laughs> etc. <cetera. laughs>
0: <Woo-hoo! laughs> and also, I think it's true that Cruelty from others creates cruelty towards self as you're growing up. And then Mm. cruelty towards self creates cruelty towards others. It's a cycle. Cycle of abuse, alas. Just to review, we are, again, in the suit of swords. All swords are related to the fool in one way or another. His journey of wayfinding, where he began... With the crossroads, with the Libra cards, 2, 3, and 4 of swords, with the navigation of the 5, 6, and 7 of swords, and the Aquarius cards, and then with the Gemini cards, 8, 9, and 10 of swords, we are at the moment of choice, the final choice. We talked in the 8 of swords about decision paralysis or the, the proliferation of options and how difficult that position is for people. And now we're at the 9 of swords where you have to kill some off. You have to prune away, you have to do some process of elimination, like it or not. Among these three fearsome cards, I think it's probably fair to say that even more so than the 10, this one's really the hardest to bear in a lot of it ways. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that would be due to the presence of our friend Mars. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And also the fact that it's the uh, penultimate of the suit, which often is like the fullness of it before it just collapses, like yeah. a, sou- a souffle. <laughs> yeah, there's a
0: real moment of, in the of um, th- with the nine. It's a very powerful moment. It's where the forces are concentrated, really peaking before yeah. they become overripe in the ten. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because, you know, the, the nine is this place of power of the imagination and the suits of the swords is all about that sort of, uh, constructs of the mind. I think this is, you know, a really incredibly powerful place and why our fears and projections have such a hold over us. So Mars, uh, in the sign, the, The 10 to 19 degrees of Gemini, uh, the middle decan of Gemini. So in those myths of the twins we talked about, in each one there was a death. Caster dies, is that right? Yes. He's the mortal one. Uh, And where Abel dies because he's murdered, we have the the act of violence takes place here. And in the 10, unfortunately. (laughs) And in the 10, yeah. There's a lot of of of
1: violence in Mm -hmm. in the 10 as well. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's some premeditation involved in here. (laughs) This this might be the planning of the murder. The 10 is the deed. Yes, yes, could be, yeah. This is the intention that goes before the crime that makes it a murder rather than just manslaughter. (laughs) (laughs) so mars cards generally there are more mars cards than uh, more mars minors than any other because we begin and end the astrological year with um, mars and pisces and mars and aries but here we are in mars and gemini so the other five cards of mars are mars and aries the lord of dominion the two of wands then we have this one, the Mars in Gemini, the Lord of Cruelty, uh the, the Nine of Swords. Then we have the Mars in Leo, the Lord of Valor, the Seven of Wands. Then we have Mars in Scorpio, the Lord of Disappointment, the Five of Cups. Then we have Mars in Capricorn, the Lord of Work, the Three of Discs. And finally, we have Mars in Pisces, the Ten of Cups, the Lord of Satiety. So, dominion, valor, work, satiety, disappointment, and cruelty. So, you know, we see all of the aspects of Mars, constructive and destructive. Mars who delights in destruction. Yes. There's a line in the Orphic hymn to Mars that says, you who delight in spears and swords, you know, and the rest of it is just like, please don't do it to me. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Uh, be the lord of work instead. Right, the right. three of discs. Right. <laughs> Turn yeah. yourself to the works of Demeter. But here's the here's the meanest Mars of all, the biggest badass, the cruel warrior with his poison sword. So I think of
1: you know Mars in Gemini too as the uh, the sharp
0: tongue. You yeah, know, absolutely. The cutting words. The Simon Cowell. <laughs> <laughs> American American Idol. Never watched that show, uh, but I don't know. <laughs> that's what comes to mind. <laughs> So the, the time of year, again, is June 1st to June 10th. I dated someone with that birthday. God, he was a talker. <laughs> Broke my heart in high school. June 1st to June 10th, as we said in the 8th episode, these cards of Gemini are an ending of a kind because this is the last lengthening of the light. Until we get, we get to, to the, the solstice. solstice yeah, on June 20th. Uh, which will happen in the next card. Which will happen in the next card and transfer over to the Two of Cups. So, you know, and we talked actually in the Two of Cups quite a bit about that moment. But we can cover it again in the Ten of Swords because it's interesting. The associated majors are the Tower dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and the Lovers. So... I just love this combination. I, I mean, it, there's something that's so powerful and obvious about it. It's like a uh, destruction
1: by choice.
0: Right. Those who have never pulled their majors out, you know, to go with their minors should really do it for this card because it totally explains the nature of the nine of swords. If you take the tower and the lovers, it makes it super obvious why the nine of swords is the way it is. If you, if you think about the tower and the lovers alone for a moment, That can be a really powerful metaphor for the breakup of a relationship, Mm -hmm. especially one that was bound to break up. Like if there was an affair or something, if you think of the eight, the nine, the ten of swords, followed by the two of cups, there's a story in there that is really familiar to me because starting at age 20 or so I had the experience which I would have a few times in my life of being in love with two people at the same time which is terrible right it doesn't seem like something it is it must be in my chart somewhere it's just a thing that happened and the eight of swords is a good uh, representation of the discomfort of being confronted by too many choices. And that not being a good thing at all, you know, but being really unhappy about it and feeling powerfully torn. And then the nine is where you commit in one direction or the other, but you're going to hurt somebody. And it's going to be really ugly and really bad. And it's or gonna hurt you too. Yeah, <laughs> and it's going to hurt yeah. you too. Or it might be the revelation of the affair. Mm -hmm. you know, or the moment of uncovering that when everybody gets hurt, and then the is the reaping the consequences of it. And then there's a total collapse in 10 of swords. And you have to kill off one in order to be able to love again, which is the two of cups, right? So there's that progression. You know, in the best case, you successfully recognize the problem for what it is, you move on, you are able to commit to a relationship again, that's the two of cups, or you recognize that the problem was you the whole time and both relationships died and you're left with nothing. So that's a 10 of swords ending. <laughs> yeah. So if you ever wanted to like illustrate uh an unsuccessful love story, that's one way to do it. And I think that like another way to tell that story uh is the fall from Eden, right? You know, the eight, nine and 10 of swords. We talked a little bit about it in the 8, the decision, do we take this uh, step? The 9 is taking it, and the 10 is the fall.
1: That reminds me of a
0: William Blake
1: quote that I think really fits here, is that uh, we should go to heaven for form and to hell for energy, but marry the two. Oh, that's
0: great. To heaven for form and to, but hell, to, hell for energy. to hell for
1: energy, and marry the two. So that's <laughs> all, that that speaks a lot about this card, you know, with the lovers and the marrying, yeah, and the heaven and hell, the Gemini, uh, dichotomy, polarity, um, yeah, reconciling the two halves of the self. Or
0: what a great quote! Yeah. What's it from? Do you happen
1: to remember? I don't remember what it's from, but it's William Blake.
0: Well, he was one mad genius, all that's right, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I,
1: I, <laughs> He's great, I'm a fan.
0: Yeah. And I think that like, there's a real presence in this card of both the cruelty that you do to others, but as we talked about in the cruelty that you do to yourself can be a guilty conscience. You know, Mm -hmm. the uh, waking up in the middle of the night, like, Oh, my God, what have I done? Yeah. Yeah, 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 this is interesting. I think that like, guilt and shame both reside in this card, perhaps, you know, I'm trying to think if they reside anywhere else. But I certainly would see them in this card, Mm -hmm. maybe in the Five of Cups as well, another Mars card. Oh, definitely. It's, you know, it's a harsh thoughts card. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, guilt, I think, is in some ways a productive emotion because it helps you to rectify whatever it was. it shows you where
1: you're on the wrong path. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. But shame is less so because it only is directed against yourself. It only prevents you from moving forward. Yeah, so, it's not constructive. Yeah, those two kinds of self cruelty, I think, have a difference and can both be represented in this card and might represent a key for how to deal with it. Except the guilt, but not the shame. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose we could talk a little bit about the very interesting Kabbalah correspondences. Why not? Let's see. Although we were talking about Mars and Gemini astrologically, we're talking about the ninth Sephira, Yesod the sphere of the moon, in Yetzirah, the world of formation. Now, that's really interesting, right? Because here you are on the astral plane in Yesod, the place of the blueprint, and you are in Yetzira, the world of imagination, the world of formation where things are designed. And you have this power to create your reality. It really says something that Yesod of Yetzirah, Nine of Swords, you know, it says something about the human condition that what we create are nightmares. Yeah. (laughs) The sixth day Yesod is the creation of humans. Oh. Go figure. Of course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cain. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about also Yesod as being associated with the moon. Yeah. You know, that emotional component, the, the root of primal emotions. And then you add Mars to it, aggression, and Merc, and Gemini, Mercury to it, the, the mental. So it's like mental aggression causing a primal emotional response. Right. Kind of like yeah. what, uh, Crowley said about this card as being an automatic
0: string of heartless passions. <laughs> the cliche that people always say about this card that what's good about it is that it's only in your mind. You know that's also what's bad about it. And right. you know and the way out of this card I think is like number 1 it's only in your mind number 2 it's in your sowed. If it's in your sewed, that means that you can change it. Yeah, right? the whole it's free the will, flexibility thing. It's, of the moon and yep. the free will of Gemini.
1: And sometimes there are things that might come up with this card that you know you can't you can't really change but it's your mental attitude that counts, even in times of right
0: despair and trouble. Right. No you know? matter what happens, there's always a better and a worse way to respond. Yeah. Right. So
1: you ha- almost have to resign yourself to it and say, okay, I'm going to go through this. Mm-hmm. But how I think about it and talk to myself about it is important.
0: It is the most important thing. Exactly. Because yesod is translated as foundation. So how you deal with that structure, that imaginal structure... How you deal with the situation will create your reality. How you
1: frame it to yourself. Right. Yep.
0: So, you know, fix the fear, you fix
1: the reality. Yep. That reminds me. So in the eight, I mentioned that for these three decans, I decided to write a three word spell. (laughs) Yeah. And for this one, it's hear no fear. That's so great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because this card is a lot about fear, you know, um Mm -hmm. and how to go through it. And because this is a Mars card, you know, the antidote here to fear is courage. You know? Mars. That's that's Mars's virtue is bravery and courage. Facing it, yeah. Right. And I think facing it head on, going into battle even if you're gonna get killed, you know?
0: Yeah. I think there's a real story and I we haven't really done this with the other nine cards, but I was thinking about this yesterday when I got nine of discs that you know, there's always a story in the nine that's kind of a culmination of the three, six, nine sequence. So if you look at the heartbreak of the three, Mm -hmm. the consequence of avoiding it is what comes up in the nine, right? If you run away from it, if you try to pretend it's not there, then you're going to get the nine. And Only through, you know, through facing it, through balancing it, maybe through the action of the six, I don't know, that that Mm -hmm. might be one way to look at it. Are you going to take that fear that came, return to you threefold and conquer it and move on? The nine is the fruit of the three (laughs) (laughs) in some ways. The gifts of Saturn.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. The nine is three by three. Exactly. Triple, triple
0: the three. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I mean, think
1: Jimi Hendrix said three times the pain with your own self to blame.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you think about that, you know, take three wands of virtue and multiply that and you come out with strength, you know, tr- take three cups of abundance and you multiply that, you and get g- happiness.
1: Pain. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, yeah, three three, three of, discs three of, of discs, works, you, you will get gain, reap gain, right? and yep. you know, and That's interesting, yeah, three swords of sorrow, and you will reap cruelty, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and then we also talk about how I think in Yetzirah we have the portion of the soul known of known as the Ruach, right? It's Crowley who says that this is where the Ruach consumes itself. Mm. You know, that That's really interesting process. the
1: the wording consumes itself for this card because uh, the Tower pay the mouth. Yes. So Hebrew letter Pave translates to mouth corresponds to the tower, and that's right, this card. Right,
0: the hell mouth. Yeah, yep. Chomp, 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 chomp. <laughs> mm,
1: tasty self. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh yeah, Give me of...
1: more of your ego. <laughs> <laughs> that when we get
0: to your <laughs> okay, so that's a little bit about the cabalistic overtones of this card. So the Deccan's significations. All right, what's the image from Picatrix? Um, a man whose face is like an eagle, and oh, his yeah. head
1: is covered by linen cloth, clothed and protected by a coat of leaden mail, and on his head is an iron helmet, about which is a silk crown, and in his hand he has a bow and arrows. Got it. Right. a lot of Mars symbols in there. There are you know, the eagle is sort of Marshall, sort of Aries, uh the head, the iron helmet, the uh, you know, the um silk mm-hmm. crown. Crown is again the head, Aries, Mars. A lot yeah. of weaponry,
0: a lot of armor. Yeah. But on the other hand, you have like protection, linen cloth, silk crown. Mm-hmm. There's, so there's sort of a schizoid nature <laughs> yeah, to this. Totally. So it's almost like the dual nature is in one person here. Mm-hmm. And then in Agrippa's deck and image, you have a man in whose hand is a pipe and another man being bowed down digging the earth.
1: Is the pipe a lead pipe or a smoking device? <laughs> that makes a big difference, doesn't <laughs> yes, it? It does.
0: I'm just thinking because of the period when it was written it's probably smoking. Um probably. So, you know, right, that, yeah, I guess that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pre-industrial age pre plumbing. So. <laughs> oh, well, the Romans had pretty right, aqueducts yeah. and such. Yeah. Yeah, I think what Austin says about the deck and images is that they're just, like, really, you know, they're Mm -hmm. all over the place, which... Is normal for this face, actually. Right. Well, this,
1: this face is considered to be schizoid, actually. Totally schizoid. You know? Yeah. It's the, you know, fanatics yeah. and psychopaths card. <laughs> the,
0: uh, the, the significations make that pretty clear. Infamous and dishonest agility as that of jesters and jugglers. So that's like that Mercury, mental, and that's mental prestidigitation. Yeah. Uh, it also signifies labors and painful searching. Mm, yeah. Oppression, evils, and subtlety. So that suggests like that critical self-examination, like when you're flagellating yourself to see what you did wrong, yeah, you know, that yeah. sort of like autopsy that you do, yeah. <laughs> you know, in your head. Oh, and going, oh did God, what I, I, I say? Why did I say
1: that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: that process of self-recrimination. This sort of ties in with one of the odder cardomantic meanings that goes with this, because apparently, this was associated with some religious aspects like uh, religious obedience, um, virginity, celibacy, priests, monks, friars, you know, monasteries, seclusion. So, you know, self-flagellation. self-flagellation exactly. That's what I got out there. Uh, I was like, you know, there's a very sort of Christian the hair shirt. punishment thing going on, yeah. you yeah. know, the, the sort of, of like, nails. yeah, abasement of the self thing. And, you know, and I guess this is the church's way of trying to By mortification of the flesh, you get to connection with the divine. But all I see here is punishment. Yeah. Like for the sin of being human. (laughs) You know, but that is an interpretation of the time. And the isolation that's native to those definitions, the celibacy, monastic seclusion, that has a lot, I think, to do with the way the sword of the lover's and the, the separation of the tower can cut people off from one another and from themselves mm-hmm. as well. In the right away you're going to see, you know, someone who's really very much on their own. So Atea had all of those, those meanings with the religious implications in his upright uh, definitions, and then the reversals, justifiable distrust, well-founded suspicion, legitimate fear, mistrust, doubt, conjecture, disgrace. Shame, all of those. Cardomantically, this card, the nine of spades, actually can mean death, um, especially if you get it with the queen of spades, if you're a woman, or the jack of spades, hmm. if you're a man. You know, the queen of spades has a very morbid reputation, generally. Interesting. I would have thought that more of the ten, because the ten often You'd think actually, so, right?
1: Well, the ten actually sometimes yeah. means literal death. You, know? you would
0: think so. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the occultists seem to fight a lot over whether it's literal death or not. But yeah, so in terms of playing card lore, this one's a pretty dark one. Yeah. Nines in general, I think, you know, nine is the ultimate number of magic. So I think that one way to look at this because of its position in the astral plane, Yetzirah, all the stuff we were talking about is this could be like the card of self-fulfilling prophecies. Mm. You are making your own worst fears come to pass, right? Through the power of thought and words, you know it. It really reminds me of the threefold law in Wicca. Whatever you do, comes back three times. Yeah, yeah. So do no evil. All right. So, um, shall we look at Rider Waite? Sure. Okay. Lovely card. <laughs> The bedspread's nice. The bedspread is nice. And I think that that's, um, meaningful. Did you notice
1: that the bedspread has astrological glyphs all over it? I did. Yeah. And I
0: kind of thought. And roses? Is that, Mm -hmm. are those roses? I think. I think roses and astrological glyphs. Right. And I was sort of thinking that this is sort of like looks ahead to the, to Malkut in a way, you know, sort of here's the whole world represented by the zodiac and the roses of Malkut and It's sort of like a relationship between the dream world of Yesod and the reality of Malkut. that's coming. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like, you know, you're, you're, maybe it's a, it could be a sort of like a commentary on, you know, the, the fearful world of the mind that you are in versus the real physical world that is protective in some way, you know, you know, the, uh. Reality, the security blanket. Yeah, versus you know yeah. the security blanket of Malkut. Never heard it described that way. <laughs> that's a new one. But yeah, I kind of want this cover, this quilt. Yeah. Actually, well, you can make one. Yeah, that's true.
1: Embroider me one.
0: How hard could it be? The nine it so might give
1: you nightmares. It though. might give you nightmares. Yeah. yeah,
0: but it shouldn't. Is the thing. Yeah. Exactly. The, uh, the nine swords hanging sideways, that's really interesting because they're not literally a threat to the person. But they also remind me of the sword of Damocles a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, hanging over some depictions, you know, the, certainly the Thoth one, but there are others where they're hanging down, which seems like much more threatening yeah. somehow. I think it's significant that the blades are pointing to the right. It's sort of like your fears are all about... Looking into the future, Mm -hmm. projecting them onto the future, you know, the right as the
1: future. Although a lot of times in uh, Rider Waite, the future is actually to the left Mm. because of the Hebrew letters of the divine name going in that direction. In which case, perhaps it's, you know, looking back at the past and feeling that Mm. guilt and shame that you talked about.
0: And also, I think it's just the placement of the swords, but it looks almost like they could be intertwined. Yeah, you know,
1: almost woven together. Yeah,
0: and I think that that reminds me of the patterns of the mind, the way one thing you think of leads to another, and it's all connected into one horrible pattern. And
1: it almost <laughs> looks like a warp and a weft.
0: Yeah, it does. It like looks a, a we- lot like...
1: like... a weaving. So it's mm-hmm. almost like your thoughts are weaving, you know, creating your reality. Weaving yeah. your reality.
0: Yeah, it looks a lot like the pattern of warp and weft you put on your fortune card, actually. To me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now what's up with that illustration? Ah, the famous
0: um, illustration. Like, yeah, I
1: don't. I don't know. I don't have a good resource for looking up things like that. But mm-hmm. when I just look at looked at it myself, it's almost like well, they're obviously battling figures. So Mars. Mm-hmm. So it's like showing the. And one figure is like overpowering the other one that looks like they're kind of surrendering and they're about to kill him. So it does look like that. That's the cruelty. (laughs) For sure. For sure.
0: There's two different interpretations of this. And then
1: two people, twins. Mm -hmm. Exactly. uh, Conflicting dualities, you know, and
0: being mentally torn over them. Right. The reference here, one of them is to the myth of Cain and Abel. If you look at the card, I'll pull it down for a second. Maybe we can get a closer look. It could be a sword, but there's a version of Cain and Abel. It looks like a sword fighter's stance. It does. It does look like fencers. Actually, yeah, it looks like yeah, a that looks much. like an on guard to me. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, not actually in the Bible itself, but in later interpretations of the Bible in medieval era. I think there was a suggestion that Cain slew Abel with the jawbone of an ass. Have you heard mm-hmm. that one? Yep. So there is this uh, idea of the bone that was used as a weapon. And what Katz and Goodwin say in Secrets of the Waitsmith Tarot is that this card is a depiction of a scene from Romeo and Juliet where Juliet wakes up. uh, Well, she talks about what will happen when she drinks the poison draft. This is the pretend poison draft that's supposed to make her look dead so that, you know, Romeo can come and get her. Only Romeo's not clued in on the plan, so um, (laughs) leading to tragedy for all concerned. She has the soliloquy where she says, "'Oh, if I wake, shall I not be distraught, environed with all these hideous fears.'" So that's her right there. "'And in this rage with some great kinsman's bone, as with a club, dash out my desperate brains.'" So, you know, here's like what she's imagining, you know, in the little uh, panel under the bed. And that's from uh, Act 4, Scene 3 of Romeo and Juliet. So she's projecting what her fear of what's going to happen when she wakes up from this draft of sleeping death, when in fact, uh, it's even worse. <laughs>
1: Interesting that Pollux was associated with poisons, that, and then in the Thoth card, there's drops of poison, you know, dripping down the card. Right, right. I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: And that's just interesting that she chose that. I mean, she chose all these theatrical, Mm -hmm. you know, references generally when she was doing these cards. The other thing, that's a little bit subtle, but if you look at that quilt, doesn't it look to you
1: as if the Aries is bigger than, a bigger square than the others? Just it kind so of does. Like it's emphasizing the Mars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I never did notice that. I think you're right.
1: The other thing I think is that it seems like, you know, this is the Lord of Despair and Cruelty. It seems like the weight version focuses on the despair angle of it, you know, with that, mm-hmm. that imagery definitely looks like despair.
0: Yeah. Or it could be, you know, the fear of cruelty being done to you, the kind of nightmare you wake up from. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Or self-inflicted cruelty, yes.
0: Right. This is definitely, you know, when people see it, they're like, you know, I haven't been sleeping. This is the thing that's troubling me. There's always, at least once a month, I get a client who sees this and is like, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Other things that we could pick up on is maybe like the whiteness of the garment, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
0: uh, could have something to do with the good intentions of the person. You know, we often see the white garment as representing purity of intention, but something has gone horribly wrong. Oh, Wait says this is a woman. He says, One seated on her couch in lamentation with the swords over her. She is as one who knows no sorrow, which is like unto hers. It is a card of utter desolation.
1: No rose at all is shown. The rose is utterly destroyed.
0: Right. And I think also like the hands over the face... If you imagine it, that's a gesture of despair. But it's also like I don't want to see any more pain, mm, right? Right. I can't see anything good, and I don't want to see any more pain. Mm-hmm. The um, blackness of the background, black in general, we read it as being associated with death. But also, in writer Wade Smith, it's always worthwhile remembering that that's a a fertile potential, and which I think really ties into the 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 message of Yasod and Yatsira that you have the power to shape this moment into right. something different should you choose to do that. Take hold of the swords and take control of the narrative. Also, that background really borrows from the background of the tower. Yeah, the black background. You know, if you look at the tower and the lover's card... There's a message about vulnerability in there. You know, you have fully clothed figures falling from the tower. You have naked figures in the lovers. And the person in bed is sort of in between, you know. In their night clothes. In their (laughs) night clothes. So they're vulnerable like the lovers, but they're somewhat protected. It also reminds me of, like, when you have one of those illusions of falling when you fall asleep. What's that called? I forget. yeah, Something or other. And uh, the tower... Can be like starting from that and waking up. Yep, because you feel unsafe. And you
1: know, looking at that bed, I can see why they can't sleep.
0: (laughs) It doesn't (laughs) look real comfortable. Mattresses. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, thin pillow. Well, it's it's sort of like the kind of bed you'd expect to find in an acolyte cell. Yeah. Right. You know, one thing about the lover's card that people don't always get when they're first getting to know it is that although it's a special card, it's a exciting card, it's also one that's dangerous. And this is the danger that's associated with it, that you might fall. Mm -hmm. Right. We talked about the fool's journey, and how he, you know, goes through this um, journey of choice. But in all of those nine cards of the air suit of the sword's I believe this is the only one associated with Mars. Is that right? Let's see, two, three, four of... Uh, we have uh, uh, five, six, seven is, again, Saturn, Mercury, Moon. So, yeah, yeah this yeah, is the only yeah, one associated yep. with Mars. Yep. So,
1: if so the, it's a super extra cutting sword. <laughs> a super extra
0: cutting sword. And if you're going to fall off a cliff, this is where it's going to happen. If the fool is going to trip and stumble and fall and hurt himself, it's going to happen here in the nine. And then he'll be lying on... The ground dead, like in the tent, Right. <laughs> Oops, fell on Oops. ten swords. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the stories that you can unpack out of there. Lots of fun. On to the Thoth card. Oh, they look so nasty. Mm. Oh, God.
1: Yes, they are
0: nasty. You do not want to, like, scrape yourself on that unless you've had all your nope. shots and maybe even not then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then some... Oh god, it's so gross.
1: Yeah. So where do we start with this where lovely, lovely this? image? Ugh. Ugh. Well, the um the swords are rusty and uh rust is Mars iron, you mm-hmm. know, iron rust. They yeah. look
0: pretty jagged. They're broken got, a little yeah, bit, yeah, right?
1: Chip they're chipped and jaggedy, which all to do all the more damage if they it's not won't be a clean cut, you know what I mean? Right. You're gonna get an infection <laughs> right, if you yeah, get cut. Right. and then there's those drops of uh, poison, see it's that start at the top of the Mm -hmm. card, they're the lighter like serum colored drops one thing um, Michael Cyrus Snuffin's book Mm -hmm. he pointed out that I thought was interesting is that where the poison drops end, the blood drops begin oh and oh really? He said something like uh the poison is the cruelty leading to the pain shown by the blood.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. So the are the white drops the poison? Yeah. I got you. So there are white drops around and between and above the swords. And
1: right where they end, that's where the the blood begins.
0: When I used to read this card, I didn't know about the poison. Cruelty
1: leading to pain.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it bothered me a lot less when it just seemed like blood, you know? (laughs) Because blood is Um, something that happens, but that shows they really meant it.
1: (laughs) Premeditated murder. Yeah. Red rum. (laughs)
0: Oh, God. Thanks for putting that image in my
1: head. Crowley calls the card Agony of Mind. It's a card of psychopaths and fanatics. Uh, Yeah. Like we said already, the automatic string of heartless passions. Right. One thing that he said that made me laugh was the logic of lunatics and for the most part of philosophers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tell it like it is.
1: (laughs) The other thing that he, he he references first thing there's is a quote he says something like it's this card is the instinctive consciousness that nothing can lead anywhere. Oh God, that's and so I guess sad. it can if the ten is what's next. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. The other thing he references that's that's pretty interesting is a, is a poem called "The City of Dreadful Night." Did you Google it? I yeah, googled uh, it's it It's pretty
0: bleak and uh, yeah nasty poem it, it is I took, of, it's
1: like a curse on life
0: yeah i took a small quote from it because i thought it was so interesting
1: um yeah i put a quote in my book about it too because it's just like so descriptive i can see why
0: he picked it exactly um as i came through the desert there it was as i came through the desert all was black in heaven no single star on earth no track a brooding hush without a star or note the air is so Thick it clotted in my throat, and thus for hours, then some enormous things swooped past with savage cries and clanking wings, mm. but I strode on, austere, no hope could have no fear.
1: Hear no fear. Hear no fear. There you go. Exactly. Which one? Is that the quote That's, you took? That, um, the quote I took is, uh, let me find it. It was another equally wonderful, uh, uplifting quote. (laughs) (laughs) Another stanza, probably. My soul hath bled for you these sunless years with bitter (laughs) blood drops running down like tears. O dark, 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 withdrawn from joy and light. And then it continues later on in the poem. There is no God, no fiend with names divine, made us and tortures us. If we must pine, it is to satiate no being's gall. It was the dark delusion of a dream, that living person conscious and supreme, whom we must curse for cursing us with life. <laughs> and then it goes on to, it curses the life that we must endure if we cannot die from poison or the knife. <laughs> Good attitude. Not recommended a for F binge drinking reading. Seriously, seriously.
0: <laughs> stay away from the substances if you read that one. Yeah. Holy cow. That's,
1: it's quite a bleak poem yeah i must have been quite a state to write that yeah
0: seriously and uh james
1: bv thompson
0: yeah i don't think they Poor had well then <laughs> <laughs> the acrimonious taint of analysis
1: you know the other thing uh that curly said about this card is he says there is a way of dealing with this card the way of passive resistance resignation the acceptance of martyrdom nor is Mm -hmm. an alien formula that of implacable revenge
0: yeah that's an interesting (laughs) statement isn't it yeah
1: yeah yeah so either just accept it and be resigned to it and go through it or you know you could go the other way
0: consciousness in a realm unenlightened by reason so it's almost like this is the contrast of the sun and the moon, the six and the nine, the Tiferet and Yesod. Yeah, the reason, light of Tiferet's not reaching he, it. He
1: also calls it like reason divorced from reality. Yeah. So that's the Yesod moon, that, you know, that
0: the dark side of, the, and you see a lot of that yeah. in the moon card of the thought deck the poison the yeah. uh, you yeah, know the, the serum, droplets yeah the drops of impure yeah. blood <laughs> uh, oh my god
1: <laughs> yeah right it's definitely
0: a dark night of the soul card sure is unconscious primitive instincts i'm just pulled up my old notes on the tower card cuz i wanted to look at the uh the hellmouth a little bit yeah the jaws of dis that's right yeah. belching flame yeah uh, dis the underworld god who is like Hades. so Where we get the word discord. Discord. So there's definitely uh, something about, you know, if you think about the Hebrew letter pay for mouth in the um, tower card and then the Hebrew letter zine for sword.
1: The sword swallower.
0: The sword swallower, right? There's something about that here. Or like the idea that swords can come out of your mouth or go in yeah, them, the you cut, know, cutting words, cutting yeah. words, the
1: power of words. Yeah, words are powerful. They do create your reality. They I do. Mean, I have had the problem for a long time of finding myself getting into a real negative space. And you got to reframe that crap. You
0: know, it's really <laughs> hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got
1: to take control
0: and use your free will and, and just say, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna word this differently. Right. I'm looking at the jaws of discs on the tower card and thought, and just like the amount of flame spewing out, it's uncontrollable. Like sometimes it's just really hard to control what's coming out of there. Yeah. And it the can regurgitation yeah. of blah, <laughs> when you're upset. <laughs> exactly. So that poem was the city of the city, city of, dreadful of dreadful night, night lays it on pretty thick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I may have told this story before of the, uh, I'm sure I have of the dream where I was being chased. And so I was being chased. Yeah. This is, this is, I just, I just bring it up because this is a card of nightmares and there is no other, but I had a, I think it was a lucid dream where I was being chased, which was a t- very typical dream for me. And I've had a moment where I was able to say, I'm going to turn around. And I was absolutely terrified. I didn't want to do it, but I turned around and I faced my, pursuer. And I looked at them and they were just some ordinary person. They didn't look scary at all. They just like looked like some poor schlep who, you know, poor (laughs) schmo who was just had a job to do. And I said, what do you want? And the guy just looked at me and shrugged and he said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and he walked away. And that was, you know, but after that, I no longer had that dream. To me, that is the solution for the nightmare right is to turn to around and it deal head with it on. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. that's the
1: message of this card to to face it head on and
0: if you can right you know if right. you can it's not always possible
1: oh then there's um what 36 faces austin copic oh yeah uh, remember we were talking earlier before yeah. before recording about Sibylle?
0: Sibylle. yeah we looked up the pronunciation just for you guys yeah because <laughs> otherwise we would have got it wrong <laughs> I mean, who would think? C-Y-B-E-L-E. Also connected with the Titaness Rhea. So her story's a really interesting one. She was born hermaphroditic, right? Yep. But we call her she because she didn't end up hermaphroditic. What was the cause of the upset?
1: I think the people were jealous of her gifts gifts and her powers, Mm -hmm. and so they castrated her.
0: Cruelty. Cruelty. So the parts fell in a river. A nymph ate. Hold on a sec. I don't think she ate the parts. No, she, no, the, no. The, uh, it grew an
1: almond tree or
0: something, uh, and the yes. nymph ate the
1: almonds and bore Addis, who became Sibylle's lover.
0: Right, because it was her own, her own other, other half her, come her, back yeah, to her as the other, her male half. Yep. Right. Right. Her right twin right, right. flame. So it was kind of a happy ending. <laughs> 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 right. Uh, and oh, it wow. got put back. <laughs> 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 you know, we've been talking about Casper and Pollux and Cain and Abel, and I think there's a maybe a message in the difference between those two stories about how to handle your 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 darker feelings. Right? In both cases, you have a death in both stories, but in the Cain and Abel story, it's Cain who slays Abel and is punished through generations to come because of that.
1: Yeah, but he gets to live and passes uh, right. genes on into all of us.
0: That's why we're all so screwed up, yeah. I guess. <laughs>
1: Thanks, God. <laughs> but,
0: but Castor and Pollux, you know, Castor dies, but Pollux, the dark one, instead chooses to share his immortality as a gift. So, you know, there might be some sort of lesson in that of appreciating what you've chosen as your final path, yeah, right? And left. making the most of it, <laughs> right. you know, um right. honoring the things that had to be pruned away or lopped off or as the case may be killed glass half full, right? In order for <laughs> you to carry on and survive. Yeah. Right. I like the Greek myth better because, you know, it, it shows that, a person, it's not that Pollux was responsible for his death, but he took responsibility for it and said, I'm going to rectify it this way. Whereas instead, in the Christian myth, you have someone who's just guilty and is going to take that forward for the rest of his days. Sorry. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's not constructive. <laughs> Sing it. And then we have, so color-wise, there's a uh, it picks up on the warm tones of the tower and the lover's card, the the thought Nine of Swords. But I was always really interested in the background of yeah. that, you know, because it's not like any other. You can imagine it being sort of like a dirty concrete wall in an urban blight neighborhood, right? right? <laughs> yeah, it looks dirty. And scary and sort of like unclean. It's like the dungeon, the torture chamber. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, there's sort of like, not only is there neglect, but there's cruelty. And the neglect is part of the cruelty. It's like to create the conditions for someone to thrive and live takes effort. And that effort is not only taken away, but they're actively trying to hurt you. Oh, it's so mean. (laughs) All right. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) on to Skewered Pork. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, kebab. yeah tabula mundi yeah oh. so
1: you know the boar's head is from the tower because mm-hmm. um my tower card has a boar's head mouth at the base of the tower as the uh o- the opening into the tower so again we have pay mouth and
0: and isn't the boar associated with aries yeah generally Mars, so that's aries, yeah yeah yeah
1: Mars and Aries, the Caledonian boar. One of the correspondences in 777. Yeah, so that boar is pretty much screaming in rage and pain. That's the mental anguish. Interestingly enough, I also have a mouth in the Nine of Swords in Rosetta the rosetta the nine swords are like teeth of a big mouth and you're like looking down the yeah. throat <laughs> yeah yeah that's the cool throat of it yeah um yeah so in this card you have uh from the lovers you have the the lion with those wings that in the lovers card are dripping honey here are dripping poison instead right
0: <laughs> oh how sad and
1: you've got the swords are embedded in the stone just like in the lover's card except for the one that's embedded in the boar's head <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so again head head is a martial aries type thing mm-hmm. um and also this card there's an act of sacrifice both in this and the 10 you know mm-hmm. that we for sure we've talked about so then there's that uh egg that uh, dark egg which is again from the lover's card but also here uh and there it can refer to the castor and pollux myth because you know castor and pollux were born from an egg is the, oh. the father was uh zeus as a swan right right yeah that's why you sometimes see them with that cap on their head that looks like it's the top it's of an the eggshell egg egg shell. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. cute
0: yeah <laughs> it's yeah. adorable. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, so it's all about the the meanness and mockery of your weak points, you know, mm-hmm. whether whether it's coming from you externally or you're doing it to yourself more often, that self-inflicted pain.
0: And I think that, like, you know, just to remind folks that if you ever wonder why the Nine of Swords is in some ways worse than the Eight and the Ten, you know, just look at the Tower instead, you know, as opposed to the Fortune and Sun cards. Right. That explains it right there. You know, and I think it was because of your card that, you know, when I get the nine of swords, a lot of the time I will do the sympathetic magic of making, making the kebabs. pork kebabs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because that seems to work, you know. Hey, do like, you, sympathetic magic.
1: There's a lot to it. I, a lot I, to I do it. it too. Oh, yeah. It's, uh.
0: Yeah, it's, and it's sort of like you you control the interpretation, right? Exactly. you Exactly. Know? That's the whole. It's point. like writing
1: the spells for your exactly. for your daily draw. Even if you get the shittiest cards of all, you can reframe that. You get to and choose. That's a huge message of all the swords, but mm-hmm. especially this one. This card, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like how to reframe your thoughts. Back to this, the the green, the poison is yeah. poison. The poison thoughts, you know, the thoughts are what's poisoned.
0: Yeah, and where does the green color come from, scale wise? Well, in
1: the tower, which is, um, one of the cards, the only green is there's, a, um, it's like a raid color, mm-hmm. uh, bright red, raid, azure, or emerald. It's the emerald of the raid. Got color. you. Yeah. But you know, when you want to suggest poison, you do a sickly green, you know, that, yeah. that usually yeah. gets the message across. Yeah.
0: And the boar's got green eyes too, right? Yeah. Which I think is interesting because we think of green-eyed envy and that's one of the feelings that can go along with this one card. One of the negative, and yeah, yeah like, like, uh, Sibylle getting
1: yeah. castrated because they were jealous. Yeah. In yeah. the love triangles.
0: Yeah. Envy really drives fear.
1: It really does. It's a very destructive emotion. It's not mm-hmm. constructive in many ways. The only way it can be is if you look at, it, like, if you're the one feeling envy, if you look at what it is you're envious about, and instead of projecting it outward, say, well, what is it that I can do to be more like that which I desire or want right, to be like or right. what I envy? Or, or isn't
0: there some way you can feel happy for that right, person, right, for being right, like
1: that? Right, and all right.
0: that, yeah. It's interesting. There's a real connection between this card and the Five of Swords in that way that Envy is being a martial quality and this being a card of Mars because Mars rules the Deccan, but the five also being a card of Mars because Mars rules the Sephira mm-hmm. five, Gibor. And perhaps, you know, this illustrates one way that the five can manifest out in the world when that envy gets out of control.
1: Yeah. So I think that's pretty much it about the card. Oh, the the lion, I should say it's a winged lion because the yeah. lovers, it's a union of the white eagle and the red lion. Um
0: yeah. Yeah. From the lover's card. Well, I think it's really interesting that you have the line in that position because the line is a solar creature in the position of Tiferet above mm-hmm. the nine in the Tree of Life. So it's kind of at the top of the card like that.
1: And he looks, the expression on his yeah, face is very haughty. Yeah. You know, like he's, he has no mercy, no pity, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely abusing <laughs> he his office. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: This is not a lion-hearted lion. Nope. This is a pig-hearted lion. What's on top of the lion's head?
1: It's just the hilt of the sword, but it kind of of looks like a fez. It does kind of look like a fez, (laughs) yeah.
0: And the uh, cracks in the rocks, that's an element from the lovers. Yeah, Yeah. it's the
1: element from the lovers, the swords being in the stone. And it's also an element from the tower because the tower card, you see all those cracks in the Mm -hmm. tower um, Mm -hmm. as well. Right, yeah yeah and the crack in the boar's skull
0: right and i you know i always love that just sword in the stone motif generally as a you know as a metaphor for, for choice. choice yeah as choose in the to, arthurian draw the, legend yep. yeah choose
1: to draw the sword from the stone and make the sacrifice and not
0: everyone can do it yeah all right let's see i'm gonna pull out my uh journaling here you get this one much
1: sometimes yeah
0: I don't get it quite as much as the eight, but...
1: Thank God. <laughs> oh, God. I'd rather yeah. get the eight any day.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's it signify for you?
1: Usually um that I need to, you know, reframe the negativity, the negative thoughts, mm-hmm. and, you know, turn that stuff around and to have courage and, you know, to accept what you have to deal with in a courageous and positive way in a negative way poor way.
0: yeah when i get this card i actually often get a migraine because mars headache you know this yeah is- that
1: sword in the head looks pretty painful it's pretty bad <laughs> this
0: one i get this one and then sword courts also manifest as headache for me um yep, piercing pretty much any sword suit is eligible for that but it's mostly this one uh the 10 and uh the tower and uh the court cards are my are my headache cards i was sick a lot with this oh i had my son had a really bad day and kicked in a door uh at one point when i got this card once and probably the funniest one i ever had was a day that we recorded in uh june earlier this year on my way here i uh heard an ad about a blood drive Which seems like a real Mars and, you know, yeah, yeah. Needles, 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 swords yeah. uh-huh. thing. <laughs> but generally, you know, I, I have gotten this card relatively infrequently this year, actually, uh, compared to previous years. So I'll take it. Yeah. Shall we sum it up? Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, once again, it's the Lord of Cruelty and Despair. Uh, it is the central card of the Gemini cards where we kill off our options in the, in the process of choice. We had the uh, weighing of those options in the previous card and the, the results of the choice in, in the next one. The sharp tongue of Gemini. Wasn't there something that Austin said that was really cool about the talisman? He said something so great about the talisman you can make for Mars and Gemini. He says that those born with Mars in this face are often possessed of a cutting cleverness mm-hmm. and able Indeed. to apply their intelligence to a wide variety of arts. They have a capacity for cruelty and a penchant for mockery. A talisman impressed with Mars would quicken the tongue and the mind for strategic purposes. However, when worn, it is likely to reduce empathy and may stress the nervous system, Uh, (laughs) which seems right on. Yep. Okay, back to the summary. Talked again about Castor and Pollux, but
1: especially Pollux's uh, affiliation for Poison's. Yeah, the affinity with poisons, I should say. Dripping
0: of serum and poisons in blood. The tower and the lovers as associated with the card. And the possibility of reading the final ten swords as the unspooling of a story about an affair and a guilty conscience. and Or the story of the fall from Eden. Uh, Ruach and the consumption of the soul by itself. Psychopaths and fanatics. Religious self-flagellation. The bed of nails. (laughs) The jawbone of the ass as a weapon to kill the twin.
1: (laughs) The logic of lunatics and, for the most part, of
0: philosophers. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Uh, The threefold law and the Mm -hmm. way that uh, sorrow returns threefold as cruelty, if you push it away. Uh, Romeo and Juliet and The Sleeping Draft. To deal with
1: Mars, use courage. Alternatively, you can use resignation
0: <laughs> and just True. accept. Yasod yes, is the foundation or imagination, the blueprint for reality. So the ability to change your reality by facing the fears. Hear no fear. Hear no fear. The mockery of your own or others' weak points. And, uh, oh, and the other Mars cards being dominion, valor, work, satiety and disappointment cruelty being the uh the the most infamous and violent of all six i think that's it can we be done with the nine of swords (laughs) i hope so (laughs) (laughs) happy it was a
1: hard one to prep for it was i just kept needing to get away from it
0: yeah probably a hard one to paint too
1: Definitely some resistance going, okay, I don't want to be near this anymore.
0: Right. I have to say kudos to, to all of you second Gemini sons and who have learned to live with this card and to fight another day.
1: Through discipline of thought.
0: Exactly, exactly. It takes a person with a remarkable will to know how to deal with this card. And, you know, all our friends in 10 to 19 degrees of Gemini – have the opportunity, whether they like it or not, to master that lesson in this life. All right, so we'll be back next week with the thrilling end to this sequence, (laughs) the Ten of Swords. See you then. And that's our show for today. You can find us, as always, at our online home, www.patreon.com slash fortuneswheelhouse. But there are also a number of other places you can find me and Mel on the internet. All of Mel's books and decks can be found at www.tarocart.com. So that's your first stop if you want to find anything related to the Rosetta tarot or the Tabula Mundi tarot. That's also where you'll find the adorable new pocket-sized decks as well as signed and matted prints of her artwork. As for me, my book... Tarot Correspondences, Ancient Secrets for Everyday Readers, is coming out from Llewellyn and is available for pre-order online at Amazon Book Depository and more. You can learn more about that at my website, www.tsusanchang.com. I also have a shop on Etsy where I sell the one and only trademarked Arcana case in lavish silks, brocades, and esoteric prints, as well as my Zodiac perfumes. Perfumes for the next month's sun signs are always on sale at the year's lowest price. All of that is at www.etsy.com tarotista. And if you'd like your very own Fortune's Wheelhouse t-shirt or tote bag or mug, we have those too. You can find them at our Redbubble shop. The address for that is redbubble.com people wheelhouse93 slash shop. Go on, get yourself something. You know you deserve it. Happy shopping to all you heroes of the astral plane. We so appreciate your support.